Welcome to The Vampire Squid, a podcast about increasing transparency and education in finance. This is your host, Alan Lee, and welcome to episode 55 of The Vampire Squid. Apologies for the delay in episodes. Work has been quite hectic lately, but today I wanted to talk to you guys about poker. I've been playing a decent amount of poker recently and watching some videos online of poker professionals. And I've also been reading Phil Hellmuth, who is considered one of the best poker players in the world. Um, He wrote an autobiography and it's called Poker Brat. And it's quite interesting. Talks a lot about his growing up and how he got into poker and how he became one of the world's best poker players, winning over 20 World Series of Poker bracelets um, and some of the lessons that he's learned. And I was thinking that there is quite a bit of similarity between poker and investing and finance. So wanted to talk a little bit about uh, my thoughts on poker and, and why I think it's a great game to learn if you are interested in investing and some of the uh, skills that are overlapped, I think, between poker and investing. So I think today's episode, I'm going to go over first um, one of the most famous games of poker, Texas Hold'em. And I won't go into too much depth, but I'll give it a little overview of how to play the game. And then next, I'll talk about some of the skills that you develop while playing poker that I think are transferable to investing and in finance. Um, as well as vice versa. So one of the most common poker games is called Texas Hold'em. And basically the format of the game is you play with you know up to eight other players and everyone is dealt two cards face down. And you get to see your cards um, and eventually the dealer will flop three cards uh, and then turn over another card, which is called the turn card. And then the final card is called the river. So there's going to be five cards that are face up on the table and you have two cards in your own hands and you try to make the best five card hand combination. Um, Some of the best combinations can be a royal flush. So a a straight that also is the same suit, Um, whether that be diamonds, spades, clubs, or clovers. Um, And then there's things like a full house, which is three of the same cards and two of the same cards that makes another five card hand. There's a flush, which is five of the same suit. So all diamonds, clovers, hearts, uh, spades. Um, There's also a straight, which is pretty self-explanatory. And uh, you can have trips, which is three of the same cards, or you can have pairs, or you can even have a card high. Maybe you have a king and... No one else has a hand on the table, and that could win the uh, the hand as well. So obviously, those are some of the um, the hands in poker, and I'll conclude a link if you guys want to learn a little bit more about the intricacies of the rules and stuff about poker. But basically, the format is you get to bet on each round. So before the flop, uh, you can bet, and you get to see your cards, and based on the strength of your cards, um, you can place a bet into the table, and people can call, or they can fold, or they can re-raise you um, to a higher number, and then they'll the dealer will lay down the flop, um, and you can bet again. Uh, He'll deal the turn card, you'll bet again, and then he'll deal the final card, the river, and you'll bet again. And that's essentially the game of Texas Hold'em. Through that, obviously, you can see there's a lot of intricacies, not even just about understanding the statistics and probabilities of your hand versus potentially what your other players have, but I think it's 
almost as much probability and statistic as it is strategy and psychology in terms of understanding who you're playing against because you're going to be playing against at least one other person on the table um, and being able to understand any signs or any tells or uh, their behaviors based on the way they're betting or the way they're speaking or the way they're interacting with you can be signs of how you would place a further bet or fold um, or call uh, depending on you know the situation. So that's the basics of poker. Um, commonly, people usually start off playing poker with some of their friends and you have a poker set and you get you know four or five etc a number of friends together um, and you play some poker with them and it's it's quite an interesting game because you really get to see how people handle pressure and how they make fairly tough decisions since you know it's real money on the table um, you have some certain tells of uh your chances of success based on the cards you have um, and the cards that are on the table, but it's obviously very incomplete because you don't know what future cards will come down. Um, you don't know what your opponent has. There's obviously a lot of luck uh, incorporated into the game. So it's a it's a very fascinating game to be able to understand people, be able to read people, um, see how they make tough decisions, and see how they even bluff and how they handle their emotions. Um, so I think it's a pretty comprehensive game in terms of seeing how people deal with pressure and, and making tough decisions. Obviously, that's a good segue into what I think are some of the transferable skills that you learn in poker, which are transferable to trading or investing. So I think one of the skills of poker that is important is managing your bankroll. Um, and managing your bankroll is just basically understanding how much money you have and how to bet on certain hands um, in different situations. So obviously, if you have, say, you know, $1,000 in your playing game, you don't necessarily want to go all in or, you know, bet $700 on a hand that you think has a, you know, 50-50% chance of winning or even lower than that, because most likely or not, you're going to lose your money. And plus, that's all the money you'll have. So you won't have the opportunity to play more hands in the future um, and win based on, you know, potential future cards or future hands or hands with better probabilities in the future. So you don't want to you don't want to cash yourself out of the game too early based on decisions that are highly dependent on how much bankroll you have. And that's why when some people have really big stacks of cash, they're able to um, boss people around a little bit because you know, they have more money than others, they can take greater risks. But if you have a little bit less, you have to be a little bit more strategic with how you play with your money. Obviously, when you're investing in the stock market, you don't necessarily want to place all your money into one company or one stock or one commodity or some type of asset, you want to diversify a little bit since what if that stock or you know, that commodity just goes to zero or goes or drops an extreme amount. Um, you want to be able to play different stocks or even different asset classes, which is, I think, similar to how in poker you want to be able to play different hands. Um, and you don't want to just always go all in on one hand unless you're very, very sure about it. So that's one thing that I think is transferable. I think another, the second, I think another transferable skill between poker and investing is making decisions, making good decisions based on incomplete information. And obviously in poker, um, you only know your cards and you only know what or what cards are on the table. 
you don't know your opponent's cards. You don't know what future cards will be coming down. So you don't know if your opponent may be bluffing you, if they have a really strong hand. Uh, so it's a constant seeking of further information to help you better make decisions uh, when you're playing poker. And I think in investing as well, um, obviously you have access to public filings like the 10K or the 10Q of a company. But even with public filings, there is so much incomplete information. Um, there's so many decisions being made at the company level that any public investor wouldn't have any idea unless they had you know, access to insider information. Um, but in investing, you have to make a lot of decisions based on incomplete information. And you do have some information, and sometimes information is quite good um, in terms of the filings or in terms of their presentations and uh, speeches by management. Um, but you also have to make determinations or guesses based on those information and how the company will perform in the future and the strategic direction of the company, um, which I think is similar in poker uh, based on you know the information that you currently have, how your opponent is behaving, the, their style of betting, how that compares to the way they've bet in the past, um, any signs of, of weakness or even signs of strength. Those are, those are all transferable skills that I think are um, related between poker and finance. Third, I think managing your emotions is probably one of the biggest um, similar skill sets that are between poker and investing. So managing your emotions in terms of not getting too excited or not getting too down in the dumps um, after a good or a bad hand. And in poker, what it's called is if you start making decisions irrationally and based on emotion because of uh, a big hand that you won or a big hand that you lost, it's called going on tilt. And if a poker player is tilted, um, they are starting to make really irrational decisions based on those emotions. And that's when they're at their week um, and you can start or more likely take money from them uh, since they're not making rational decisions. And this is similar, obviously, I think, with investing in the stock market. So maybe after, you know, a certain stock has lost a certain amount of value, you get really down in the dumps and you don't go back to the fundamentals of the business. You don't look at the facts and the statistics, but then you start getting emotional about it and you're thinking, oh man, I already lost 30% of my money on this. Maybe I should just keep throwing more money at this and hopefully it'll go up. Um, or even it's a panic sell, you know, it goes down 30%. You think it's going to go down way more because it has been going down in the past. Um, and you sell your stock, but then, you know, in the next month or so it goes up 70% and it goes past your cost basis, regardless what happens. And a lot of that time is based on there, there is luck involved, but you want to make rational decisions. You want to go back to the fundamentals. You want to go back to the basics. And I think that holds true for both poker and for both investing, um, you don't want to make irrational decisions just based on pure emotion. And even when people do make irrational decisions based on emotion, sometimes they win. Sometimes they get paid out um, and sometimes they don't. And that's a lot based on luck. But, you know, once again, this game or both games is about uh, understanding risk and how to play the risk to your advantage. And you don't want to necessarily um, make irrational decisions that make you make worse decisions. And another thing about managing emotions, and this isn't this isn't relevant in investing, but in poker you can bluff, and bluffing is a very 
nerve-wracking thing to do because you're basically lying outright to your opponents, um, but trying to contain your emotion in the hopes that they will fold their hand. So you pretend to play from a place of strength when you're actually from a place of weakness, and trying to bluff is actually really tough to do. Uh, so once you guys play a little bit of poker, you can see for yourselves how it feels to bluff, and I if it's your first time, I can guarantee that you'll start noticing things that you don't typically do. You might be a little bit fidgety. Um, you might speak a little bit faster. You might be a little bit quicker to react to things or a little bit even slower to react because you think that you might be quicker to react. Um, so you basically don't act the normal way that you do. And good poker players will be able to tell um, when something's a little bit off based on you know how you've performed in the past and how you normally are but yeah i think emotions understanding emotions is or managing your emotions is a huge part both in poker and in investing so those are some of the skills that i think are transferable both between poker and finance and i think you know with really great hedge fund managers like steve cohen you know ken griffin uh, david einhorn and david einhorn's i think you know placed well in world series of poker tournaments there's, there definitely seems to be um, a lot of overlap between the skills of what make a good investor a good investor and, and what make a good poker player a good poker player. Um, so basically, you know, I highly suggest that if you guys, you know, have some friends that are interested in finance or interested in poker, it's a great game to even try out. And obviously gambling is something that needs to be managed and it shouldn't be an addiction, but um, a little bit of poker or trying to understand how you react to pressure or make decisions under pressure with real money on the line is pretty great experience, even if you don't do it in the long term. Um, I think it's something that everyone should at least try. So I will include a few show notes in terms of some of the rules of a Texas Hold'em, the book that I'm currently reading, Phil Helmuth's autobiography called Poker Brat. Um, and I hope that you guys, you know, get a chance out there to play a few hands of poker with some of your friends over the weekend. Um, and I do think that there's uh, quite a bit of overlap in the skills for both poker and investing. And since you guys are interested in finance, um, and I think a lot of people in finance play poker. I know a lot of the people I play with are, are in finance. So you can definitely find a few people to get together on a Friday or Saturday night and go go at it. So I hope everyone has a great rest of the weekend and a great week, and I will talk to you guys soon. Ciao.